friends, thanks for being here with me at the local table. I'm Carrie Dirksen, the boss behind Feathered Arrow, a wedding planning and design company based in sunny Los Angeles, California. But don't be fooled, because I'm also a lifestyle photographer, and now, your podcast host. I've been building a business for over five years, and two things that I've learned more than anything is that community is powerful, and that stories truly matter. We all have a story to tell, wisdom to share, and advice to give. And what better way to learn than by sitting around a table with a drink in one hand and community right next to you. So join me on this adventure as I share about life, business insights, advice, and share people's stories of triumphs and failures. So pull up a chair, friend, and grab a drink as we dive into this week's episode of The Local Table. All right, this is round two. Welcome back, Danielle. <laughs> um, we today, I have Danielle here, who I met last year at a women's retreat that we were both working on, and we ended up sharing a bed together <laughs> for the week because we, we stayed in a small cabin and um, just got to know one another. But anyway, um, I wanted to invite Danielle on here to talk about mindset and meditation and Reiki. Um, and just the work that you do. So we tried to record one other time and I got a phone call and it ruined the recording. So we are here again. (laughs) So welcome back, Danielle. Thank you. I'm convinced that one of us said something that the world should not hear and that's why it shut off. So guys, we're back and we're going to do it even better this time. (laughs) And maybe we'll say some more things. Do um, but yeah, Danielle, introduce yourself and tell us who you are, what you do, and what your business is. Absolutely. So my name's Danielle McGee. I'm a Reiki master, a healing touch practitioner. Um, I teach yoga. And my main focus is bringing energetic practices for healing purposes to the masses. So I have a program called Meditation Medicine, where I lead people through really opening up their energetic blocks and channels and empowering them to go on their own healing journey. It's kind of a mixture of everything I've learned in the yoga world, learning how guided meditation really can unlock potential in people, as well as teaching them how to channel energy in their own bodies for their own purposes of healing. So they don't have to continue to search outside of themselves. They can feel like they are in charge of that process. Yeah. That's awesome, which is so important, I think, to for people to know how to do so we can honestly live our everyday lives without feeling the stress and the anxiety that I think is more prevalent than ever in today's society and just the weight of social media and, you know, financial burdens people have or career choices people are making, family choices, all of all those kinds of things. Absolutely. There's so much going on. And, you know, Karen, you and I talked about this too, just even everyday life can feel hectic because we have constant notifications and things like that. But then also we're constantly inundated with the news all the time. And we have pop-ups of all these things happening all over the world. And we turn on a channel or we have the TV on in the background. And it's beautiful that we're all connected all the time. But that also means that we carry the weight of the rest of the world's grief the rest yeah. of the world's trauma, the rest of the world's, you know, drama and drama, right? We, we mm-hmm. carry all of that because it's constantly in our faces. And so whether we're consciously recognizing that, we're still on a subconscious level, picking it up and it's operating in our bodies, underlying yeah. stress, underlying anxiety, all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, cause two things I am in multiple group chats, unfortunately, sometimes to my 20 friends who like feel like they need to respond to something that's usually Mm -hmm. like pop cultures type stuff. But as we're talking, I'm like, even though I have my phone on silent, it's still like all my devices are connected. So it's still like coming in on my computer and I can see it. It's not making a dinging sound, but it's so distracting for me. So it's funny how we're like, we're constantly inundated with stuff like that. But disruptors, right? It's just yeah. little disruptors all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that you say, we can kind of dive into this a little bit later too, but it, um, kind of how you were saying we take on the weight of everything in the world around us. And so kind of what we were talking about before we jumped on here of just everything that happened on Sunday with 
Kobe and everyone that passed away in the helicopter crash. And I, and I've just felt this heaviness all week long. And a lot of that for most people that, you know, they see a celebrity or somebody of great significance that we've known for years die. We, for me, I think we internalize a lot of that of, you know, past trauma in our life or past losses in our life. And we think about the pain that we had or even thinking about maybe, you know, like people who just had kids and like feeling and thinking about what could happen and the loss of that and just how heavy it is. And even yesterday I came across a couple of videos and just ended up watching them. And then I was crying in my office and it's just, you know, the weight of that and the heaviness of that Mm -hmm. sticks with you all week long, even though like we didn't know them personally, but you can feel and have empathy for these people so deeply because you internalize it, that it could happen to you and your family, you know? Absolutely. And that's one of the things we were just talking about is like, I actually did a video on this early. I did this on Monday. I did a video on death and how it can affect us and the beautiful pros of being fully connected as a planet and then the cons of that. And then also how to really assimilate what that grief means. And one of the things that I talked about is that first off, we see these things and it feels heavy. And obviously any trigger like that just shoots into our cells on the cellular level, activates any trauma in the body around loss or grief or potential death or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So we go into our own fight or flight, shutdown, paralyzation, all that stuff that happens to us when we have that stimulus come into our bodies. And one of the things that has like saved me as I, obviously when I do Reiki and I'm in this space, I'll go into a body and I'll start to feel their trauma. You know, um, we'll touch on this later, but it's interesting. So I was just working with Carrie. She's had you know, one of the things I felt, I started coughing when I started working on you. And that's why I went to your chest and I was like, Oh, there's congestion there. Right. And you start to feel things when you're working with people. The mantra I always use is just what's mine is mine. And what's yours is yours. And I'll hold space infinitely for you to be in your space of healing. Mm -hmm. And so when we can step into that and just think, okay, I know this isn't mine that I'm feeling, but you know what? I'll carry a little bit of this. If you can think about it, you carrying a little bit of grief for the collective Right. It's so big that one person can't carry it on their own. Yeah. And you can see it as this connective piece that makes humanity just a beautiful experience of, okay, I'm feeling grief today, but I'm carrying this because the collective can't handle it all on our own. It's too much. It's yeah. too harsh. It's too heavy. And so I'll carry a little piece of this today, knowing it's not mine. I'll shine light on it. I'll pray for these people. I'll give and think about surrounding them in beautiful light and letting them go on their own healing. And it kind of softens it, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. we need to get caught up in it and we're just, I said, we just get drug underwater and we're like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. right now, right? And at the same time, we can be like, oh, okay, this is just my little piece to carry for right now. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to process it. I'm going to let it flow and ripple out through my body. It mm-hmm. softens and it doesn't take you under. Yeah. Right. You take more of a way to think about it. Other piece that I was talking about, just so we can learn how to assimilate death, period, if we've been through any trauma with death or seeing, you know, that right in front of our faces is, you know, our physical body carries our spirit. Our physical body carries our essence. People don't give a, I mean, Yes, we have the fleeting, oh, that person's attractive, right? To attraction right. to the physical body, but the attraction actually lies right in the essence of how you walk into a room. Hmm. People fall in love with who you are and how you show up, and that's your grace, your kindness, your service, um, the twinkle in your eye. You know, it's all these things that are not really the physical body. Mm-hmm. And so when someone passes, and their physical body is no longer all the energy and all the things that are in every single cell in that body just get dispersed back into the ether. Energy can't be destroyed. And so when we think about how we carry on a legacy of someone, if we've lost someone in our lives, you know, that person was fill in the blank. They were so graceful. Right. They were so kind. They were so loving. Oh, okay. Well that energy is back on the ether. How can I channel that to bring more mm. of that into the world? So if we feel like it's missing, I'm going to keep bringing it forward. Yeah. Today I'm going to be more loving. Today I'm going to be more kind. And I'm going to carry that energy with me so that we may have lost the physical body that was carrying that, but we can all start carrying bits and pieces of that ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Right. Which I feel like is stuff we've seen this week and just having conversations with people. And when I was in my car this morning, I heard this guy on the radio just talking about how he is a father of two daughters. And, you know, he's like, I always was like, someday we'll go on this family vacation. Someday we'll do this. And he was like, I always work. And so he was like, this week I decided my youngest who's seven was like, I really want to go on this vacation. And so he booked it and he was just like, I'm not going to wait. And I feel like, I feel like often we always say someday I'll do that. Or we're always kind of filling in the blank of someday when I'm here, then I'll do that. Or someday X, then I'll do Y, you know? And here's the but thing yeah. is that some, and some of those things we can't do right now, right? Oh, right. I want to go totally. on a 10-day trip to yeah. that's not. It's like, well, you know, I don't have that money in my bank account right now. Right, right. Maybe you're thinking that, right? Or one day I want to get my kid this, but like you physically don't have the money in your bank account. Right. How can you bring in the energy though of what that thing would mean? Totally. So if you want to take your family on a vacation, okay, I can't do that right now, but can I spend 15 extra minutes in the morning, 15 extra yeah. minutes at night? How can I just be with them in a space of total non-distraction? Mm-hmm. It's figuring out like a version of that to... To make it a part of your daily that, life. Yeah. So you're not yearning for it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're just embodying, oh, you know what? I'm the person that actually, I always prioritize my family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever that Instead of being like, like one Saturday a month, we spend the whole day together. You know, it's like, no, we do something every morning or every night before bed and stuff like that. But... Yeah. And I put the energy towards the decisions I make are about them. Yeah. I say yes or no, depending on how I know it's going to serve and show up for my family and the people that I love. Yeah. Which, yeah, like I said, I think that's just such a beautiful thing. Like you're saying, kind of as a collective in, of humanity, we all are like impacted by something um, happening to someone we really didn't know personally. And it's, it's crazy to see just like the shift it can make in people's lives for the better as well. And what a beautiful example of if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner. And so often, and I know you've been caught up in this too, probably, I, I think about this all the time. What am I even doing? Am I even helping people? You know, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, like you, we got to see the absolute magnitude of what impact and influence can mean if you're doing positive things in this world. Yep. And we all have the ability to step into that space to be so in love and so um, hell bent on bringing whatever the thing is that we're passionate about into the world that just by us doing that, it shifts the collective just by us being in our mastery, just by us falling so deeply in love with the work that we do, Mm -hmm. it can shift and change and influence everyone around us. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy powerful to think, you know, just one person can have that impact on the Mm -hmm. masses, you know? Yeah. So oh, it's a beautiful really reminder beautiful. of that, right? Yeah. Of, wow, sure. like one person can do so much mm-hmm. just by being them. Like he's not, he didn't, you know, earn his living by being a doctor who saved hundreds of lives. Right. Right. He earned his living by falling in love with something and doing it at the best of his ability and influencing other people to follow that path and to be vicious with their passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. So kind of going back to Reiki, if you want to share a little bit about what that actually is, so for people who don't know and kind of how that works. Absolutely. I'm on a quest to demystify energy work this year. (laughs) So Reiki, Reiki is an ancient practice of channeling light into the body, essentially life force energy. Well, however you want to describe life force energy, some people see that as God, some people see that as light, the universe, the collective energy that's always around us. And it's always abundant around us at all times. And when we can set and bring attention to certain areas of the body, um, certain areas that we need clarity on in our lives, we can think about placing that energy in that space and allowing it to do and raise the frequency of our bodies, of our minds. We just start, we start to upgrade right? To vibrate at a higher level. And the best way to describe this is when we've all been there, you think a negative thought either about yourself Mm -hmm. or someone else and just how like down in the dumps that feels, how your whole body feels heavy, icky, never feels good. Right. Right. And then think about when you're in pure joy and you are connecting with someone else and how light you feel, how energized you feel. There's like a buzz in your body. 
-hmm. That energy is like the collective energy. We can always tap into the highest frequency. And if we can think about bringing that into the body, then our body operates at the highest level. It can do the work that it's designed to do. We have these machines that are meant to operate at a really high level, but sometimes we have icky thoughts and negativity and Mm -hmm. things that happen or, you know, bad foods we put in our body or what have you that bring down the frequency and the vibration. And this work just amps it right back up. And there are a lot of different ways to describe it. Uh, That's how I interpret it in my practice and how I like to work with clients. So do you feel like kind of like tapping into that higher frequency is something that over time of like doing this practice, you can more easily tap into it really quickly if you are feeling that way or if it is more of like it's always going to be like a little bit more of a shift like maybe tomorrow you'll feel better but it's maybe tapping into like changing the thought pattern so that eventually you feel that way or what does that look like for some people who maybe have been doing this for a while and can like can they shift quickly to like be at a higher frequency I always say it's it's like meditation or and meditation is just like working out you know, we work a muscle, we work a muscle, we work a muscle. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not depending on what we put in our body that day, what we're distracted by, yep. what we're going through, right? Women, where we are in our month, like, yep. you know, it can be so <laughs> many different things. And so just like we work out every day to get a little bit stronger. And some days we feel like we fall back. It's just, okay, well, th- we're just in a practice. Meditation is the same. We, sh- we sit and we try to meditate. I did a whole Instagram story on this yesterday. I was like, my meditation was excruciating. I could not drop in. I was so frustrated. Yeah. And at the same time, the practice is just sitting there anyways, mm-hmm. sitting there with your thoughts. You're just flexing that mental muscle. And I always say that energy healing work and Reiki specifically for me is over the years. Now I've been, I've been studying it now for seven, over seven years. Okay. And so, you know, for me, now I feel like when I need it, I can call on bringing that energy in faster. Mm-hmm. I can shift faster. It creates space for people. And yeah. when I say cre- it creates space, it means we can go on this auto, auto drive, our, you know, just mm-hmm. our system, our habitual patterns operating. And this work makes you sometimes pause and go, nope, this doesn't feel right anymore. And it gives you space mm. yeah. to okay. change course, right? To take a breath to realize that maybe things to catch your mind think you're like, right. Oh wait, that was a really negative thought I just had. I'm going to pause for a minute. It's kind of I like taking a step outside that of that circle and being like, absolutely at it from a different and perspective. It d- yeah. And it doesn't mean that you become a monk who has nothing but pure thoughts. <laughs> like I still have really <laughs> negative, terrible thoughts, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you sit with them and you don't let it rule your life anymore. You allow it to be there. For sure. Soft, you soften around it because when you're doing this work, you realize, oh, you know, of course I feel that way. I had that to happen. The life story I was always told was this. So that mm-hmm. story is operating. I choose to see it. I say, okay, I see you. You're still there, but I'm going to do this other thing anyways. I'm going to operate in this frequency yeah. instead. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. It's not easy to break those patterns and habits. No, definitely. It takes a lot of discipline to train your mind. I mean, I, I always say like we're our biggest critics. So I feel like us being kind and compassionate towards ourselves is always a discipline in a sense of like repeating those things because we're so like quick to believe that about friends in our lives that we love and cherish. And we, you know, hardly ever think anything negative of those people. But when it comes to ourselves, it's like, Oh, I can't believe that for me, but like, I can totally believe that she's going to be successful in her business or something like that, you know? And so it's really training and disciplining yourself to say it and do it, but then really believe it at the same time. Yeah. And if you believe in the, if you believe in the possibility of it happening for someone else, but you don't believe in it for you, you don't actually believe in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it's the whole energy of that feeling period. Yeah. And remembering that like, oh, if I believe this is possible for someone else, then I must believe it's possible for me. Right. And that it's possible for any other human on the planet because I believe in uplifting everybody. Yeah. Right. The collective has this possibility. And it's like, it's hard sometimes to be in that space for sure. We have to work through it. Yeah. I wanted to tap back to, I 
realize I didn't answer. So Reiki can be done too in person with light okay. hands-on work or hovering work, just placing the hands down the body in the chakra system, if you're familiar with that, just energy centers in the body that correlate with concentrations of energy in our physical body, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, or it can be done remotely like we did today. Yeah. Which just with the intention. We can definitely kind of dive into a little bit. So we did a Reiki session right before recording this and that's always sounds so chilled out. Right I know now, I'm so kind of like, oh, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> you lead this. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did a little, um, and like practice and intention setting. And, um, I don't know if you kind of want to talk about it a little bit more and what came from that for you. And then like, if there's anything you kind of want me to talk about and share as well. For sure. Yeah. A lot of people are like, what do you mean you can do this work remotely? I don't understand. I need you physically in front of me. What are you talking about? Right. And I, I guess we've done both sessions. So when Mm -hmm. we met, you did like a small session on me in person and then Mm -hmm. now this was remote. So, and I, I feel like they were both just as powerful for sure. Yeah, I just did. Um, it was interesting. I had a client that I worked with first in person and she just did her second session remotely. Mm-hmm. And um, we worked together yesterday. And what her biggest thing was like, whoa, I felt, she's like, I actually felt more remotely. I felt mm-hmm. you more on my body. I felt, and well, I'll dig into why my theory on that in a little bit. But yeah, when we do a remote session, it's intention is, intention and attention is everything when we're doing this work. Mm-hmm. That does not change whether you're physically with me or you're not with me. We're both going in with the intention. You're going in with the intention of receiving the work. Mm-hmm. I'm going in with the intention of channeling the work for you. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. I'm just channeling it. I'm just a medium. Yeah. Right? And I'm choosing to send this to you. Mm-hmm. And so with the remote work, we, I do it via Zoom like we just did. And the first 10, 15 minutes is just talking about where are you right now? What do you need? Why did you feel called to book this session? And a lot of times that comes into you being like that person sharing, you know, I want to release this. This has been really heavy on my heart lately, or I'm about to make a big transition and I'm excited, but I know my body needs to catch up with me. You know, we can get so excited about things and our bodies are like, Whoa, I got it. I want to come too. We start getting aches and pains because change is happening. Sometimes it's releasing a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't want to, I don't want to hold this anymore. I'm done letting this hold me back. Mm-hmm. It can be a myriad of reasons. I've worked with women for fertility, um, just lots of things, or they're going through the most joyous space in their life. And they really yeah. want to be like, I need to keep this going, right? Like it's got to keep going. Um, so it's the first part of the call, physical aches and pains in the body. We talk about that as well. We talk about it from an energetic and a physical level. Mm-hmm. And then you lie down wherever you are comfortably. And I'm just, I lead you through a quick little meditation to relax the body, to get you into a really nice state of just being wherever you are. On the other hand, I'm sitting here, you know, in my space that I work and I am working down you just like you were in front of me. Yeah. If you were in my house, you would think I was like a crazy person conducting an orchestra over here, just <laughs> moving my hands along and, um, that's how I choose to work. I imagine yeah. the physical body's right in front of me. And most clients, like you reported today, feel tingling sensations in the body. Sometimes they can feel pressure in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the energy moving. Yeah, like uh, immediately some- I could feel like tingling all over my head. And then I was like, it, it, and that was a little bit for a while. And then I could feel kind of like, my chest feeling a little different as well, which then you, after the the fact talked about, that's where I started and then moved down and really focused on my chest area too. Absolutely. We were talking about feeling the congestion there. We've all had a cold in Southern California, right? In the past couple months. Um, Harsh winter. I was like, yeah, seriously. (laughs) And so I was saying I felt some congestion there. So I went down there and worked on it and I felt it clear here. And it's funny, I'll feel things clear on my own body and I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. We've moved through that. But yeah, it's just working with the frequency. I'm just focusing on the body and the frequency of the body. You're open to receiving whatever's happening. And the power of the mind is so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so if we're put, outputting an energetic frequency into the world and I'm intentionally putting it on you and you're receiving it, it doesn't matter where we are. Yeah. I've, I've worked with clients in um, Switzerland before. Like it doesn't, oh, wow. in, in, in San Diego, yeah. it doesn't matter where we are. And so- mm-hmm. 
you have to come into it curious with an open mind. You have to come into it being in a state of receiving. And just that is a healing process in itself for most people. For sure. Being vulnerable and open to receiving. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest things most of us deal with. So yeah, that lasts for about 30 to 35 to 40 minutes, depending on what the body's saying. And then I slowly bring, you know, slowly bring you back and mm-hmm. talk about what came up for you. Cause a lot of people, like I said, new experiences too, have memories that you're like, what in the hell, where'd that come from? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or moments in time that come up. And I always say, usually that story needs to move through the body. Mm-hmm. This, the body has, the, the body is the database. The body is like our, um, it's the hard drive in our computer. Our cells are the hard drive. They hold every story that's ever happened. They hold every good, every bad feeling that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And some of those things can be heavy on us. And when we're upgrading our frequency and we're choosing things of a higher vibration, those dense stories, those old things that have just felt so heavy and negative don't have a space to live anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? They're like yeah. fall off. Like we're rising and spiraling up and those things are just falling off. And so it's ready, right. they're ready to go. Yeah. Whatever that means. It's such a beautiful practice. Yeah. I, I mean, I woke up and was like, was it really 35 minutes? <laughs> and I had kind of fallen, like random things came up for me and just kind of like passing thoughts. And, and I, I feel like I had kind of fallen asleep for a little bit because I couldn't remember. I was telling you, I had some like flashback, really random flashback to college. I was like, did I dream about that right now or last night? <laughs> I couldn't remember. But it was like so vivid, but also like really fleeting, which was, which was weird. But yeah. And it can be the most random of things. And I said, it can, you know, I, I shared with you, I was like, it can be the energy of who you were at that point that wanted to come back and visit. It can be the archetype of the person that that person meant to you. You know, it can be so yeah. many different things. And a lot of people do go into that kind of hypnagogic, like that dreamlike state when I'm working. Cause the body's like, Hey, mind relax. I got this. Like, you know, right. like you need to shut down that overactive machine up here sometimes. So the body just kind of knocks you out for a bit. Yeah. So Which do can you happen. feel like for you, there's, you usually, um, what happens for you kind of in that state? Like if someone is kind of like, I don't really know what happened for me or like maybe a lot didn't come up for someone. <laughs> what does that look like? like on your end or are you not as apt to be like I saw this and this or like felt these things um so how does that look like with a lot of your clients and like sharing that or even with our session absolutely it just every person in every session is different so on my end I am you know I always say it's like you're just and people get like whoa don't say divine or god or what have you I right. say it because it's great it's how I practice my life but you know, I always feel like I'm divinely guided to go on the body where I need to go. It's not me. I'm just this, you know, whatever's flowing in is saying, Hey, can you go here for a bit? So I go there for a bit. Yeah. Like whether that's, it can be like, Oh, you need to work on the right knee. There's some, something stuck right. there today. Go to the lungs. The lungs need yeah. some work. The lungs yeah. need some light. Sometimes I see stories. I see those, whether I'm working remotely or in person, never fails. Sometimes I always, I all actually have been realizing too, that with the remote work, the channel seems more open because when we're in when we're in person physically, sometimes you can have a guard up if you've mm. never done the work before, right? Yeah. And if you're at yeah. your own home and you're relaxed and you're in your cou- on your couch or in your bed, you're just chilling, right? There's yeah. not that like resistance piece you're that in sometimes your comes space. up in person. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I see a history of a story. You know, I worked on clients before where I saw uh, trauma to the body and I was like, what happened there? And, you know, they shared really really, really traumatic accident that happened on that left side of their body where I was like, whoa, I was seeing your body still repairing from that. You know, I've seen, you know, trauma that was not even that person's to carry. I was telling a story to someone and they're like, that happened to my grandmother. And I'm like, well, it's still operating in your system. Right. You know, that generational trauma is real. Our grandparents go through something traumatic. It shifts and changes the neuroplasticity in their body. We inherit that. Mm-hmm. just like we inherit their eyes and their hair. We inherit all of it. Yeah. And um, I was actually working on a little girl. She was 11 and I saw something and was talking to her mother about it. And she's like, nope, that was her grandmother's. You know, it's, it's when we can get into that space though, 
and we can understand where fears come from and we can put a story to it and we're like, oh, that's not even mine. So I'm operating and not moving forward with X, Y, and Z because of this story that happened to my grandmother. Mm -hmm. It helps you go, okay, that's not mine. I can feel fear now and I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I can be scared to do this, but I know this isn't mine. This is because something else happened within my lineage. Okay, great. It's not mine. I'm going to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. I'm going to honor the fact that they went through that fear by me pushing forward and achieving something beyond the things that they were desiring. Right. Yeah. That's cool. That's really beautiful to acknowledge and then push through that. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say the energy speaks to everybody differently. So I I can, no session is ever the same. Mm -hmm. Some people do feel more guarded. Some people don't, but I'm still able to be in a space of reading that. And every practitioner is different. So if you want to work with a practitioner, I would say when we say yes to doing this work and anyone can do this work, I'm a big believer of that. I just have the I just have such a passion for it that I'm putting all this effort into studying it. And so when I'm doing that, the channel's opening even more and I'm able to right. do even more, right? That energy speaks to everyone differently. I have, you know, really close, amazing mentors and girlfriends who also do this work who, and guy friends who they see color more or they mm. see, they hear music or, you know, everyone sees different things. Right. The thing that's opened up for me in this work is seeing generational trauma. Yeah. I can see what the physical body's holding on to. And um, that's been the gift that I've been able to kind of cultivate in this work. And I'm so thankful for it because yeah, I don't know where it came from. Right. And I'm just thankful that this mm-hmm. is the way I've been able to communicate with the, the people and the bodies that are right. in front of me. That you're working with for sure. Yeah. I don't know if we want to talk about anything with my session if we want, but was there, <laughs> I'm happy to. Uh, <laughs> Is there anything that came up more so for you with our session, like about me? It was just us, what we chat. And I'm not going to, of course, be like, Carrie's yeah. body's saying this. Right. Well, um, right. <laughs> just the big decisions that you're going through right now, right? Mm-hmm. And we really touched on that. And the trauma that you've gone through and yeah. how that's still operating and how, you know, we feel that in the body with the guarded piece, right? I said, you feel so guarded. And that's because mm-hmm. safety. Yeah. You know, and a lot of you, if you're listening to this, you probably know Carrie's story and how safety was something that was kind of stolen from her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how you get to work through that now and thank goodness that you've are exposed to the practices that allow you to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, what a blessing. Yeah. So I know we talk, you talked a lot about like doing mindset and meditation as well. Um, Mm -hmm. What are, and you work with like a lot of companies. And so I'm curious if you have, I know last time we kind of started to dive into this, but um, (laughs) if you kind of have like three to four main like practices or like easy things, I think you, you kind of went through like four points last time of like, these are the mm-hmm. things to like keep in mind on a daily basis to help with like your mindset and practices that people can easily do at work, you know, in situations that maybe um, bring up a lot of fear or anxiety for them or just really these practices of discipline to help shift our mindsets. And so I know you kind of elaborated on that when we talked briefly, but I would love for you to kind of share those with everybody. Absolutely. So I always say getting getting sessions done with energy practitioners is like so important and so amazing and is a really beautiful part of this work. That being said, not everyone has access to that. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can, and you don't want to do that every day. And one of the big things I kept getting from clients is like, oh my gosh, we just unearthed all this stuff. Now what's next? The easy thing for me to say always is we'll just book another session or we'll keep working. But I also realize it's so important to empower people to create these shifts for themselves every day. Yeah. And so that's where the meditation medicine piece came from is how do how do you get into a meditative state? How can you really start to learn how to cultivate and channel energy for yourself? How can you let your body really open up the channel for your body to speak to you about what it's holding on to? And the first three steps to that is what I teach at different companies and corporations. I went and spoke at a hospital here last week, you know, it's such a high intensity Mm-hmm. stressful situation and folks in those positions, this is the OR doctors and nurses, folks in those positions need to be able to think clearly. Yeah. They need to be able to feel really connected to people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. I went in and taught 
these three steps. And the first step is just observation. If every day you can have a point of observation in your life, or that's first thing in the morning, and the three things you observe are what's your environment going on around you right now? Mm-hmm. Is it serving you? You know, do you feel when you wake up in the morning, are you happy to look around the space that you're sleeping in? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when you go to sit down for your first meal of the day or eating something nourishing, what is the environment you've cultivated and crafted for yourself? Right. And the second piece, and by the way, the first, I would say like for weeks, just observe it, just write a little journal entry. It can be five points, just mm-hmm. observing it. No need to make these huge drastic changes when you're like, this is pissing me <laughs> off when you haven't even identified what about it's pissing you off, right? Right. The second piece is your physical body. Can you start and just do a little scan a couple times a day? Oh, you're at work? Oh, shit. My shoulders have been... I remember when I used to be in corporate America and I was flying a lot for work. Right. Airplane rides, I swear, made me start... Like my shoulders started lifting up towards my ears like I was going <laughs> to lose my neck because that's where I would carry all my stress, right? From yeah. airports and so on and so forth. So like, can I roll my shoulders down and back? Do I have... Mm-hmm. Have I been furring my brows all day? Can I release right. that? Can I move my jaw up and down because I've been clenching my jaw for hours? How does your physical body feel? Where are you carrying stress predominantly? Just noticing that. Uh, the third piece is your habitual thoughts. What are the first things you think of every morning? What are the last things you think of every night? When you're greeted with an opportunity, do you go into fear? Do you go into self-doubt? Like Mm -hmm. what is that Mm -hmm. operating system? And just witness it. Just allow these things to be when you're observing, write them down, sit with them. And when you start to do that and you start to cultivate that, you start to start seeing patterns, right? Yeah. And so it can help you understand the bigger picture of where you're operating. Uh, So observe is the first piece and that's environment, your thoughts and your body. And the second piece is breathing, taking deep breaths. You know, you don't have to, breath work is amazing. It's one of the coolest things I've experienced, like, you know, going to like an actual breath work class. Yeah. But guess what? You can just take deep breaths every day too, like filling up your belly, letting it go. Mm -hmm. I've been doing you know, all this really- yoga and it's, and like Pilates. And I feel like every, in the start of every class, you know, we do, you know, some deep inhales and letting it out. And there's always multiple times where the instructor is like, holy crap, you guys all have a lot of stuff you brought in here. And it's just from like the type of exhale that everyone yeah. in that room is taking, whether it's at the end of the day or we're starting our day there. It's just... I think a lot of it is letting go of like whatever negative thoughts you woke up with or whatever the day looks like ahead or that had happened that day. And truly, I think goes back to like what you were saying of just being intentional um, and showing up to like really focus on letting things go and how you feel. Yeah. When you're taking a deep breath in, think about breathing in all the goodness in the world. Think about breathing in the light. When you exhale, thinking about, you can even think of it as black smoke leaving the body. All the crap yeah. you don't want to deal with anymore, right? Yeah. Give it back. Yeah. Get out, get rid of it. And then the last piece is just finding connection every day. Mm-hmm. And I always say you can connect to the goodness in the world. You can connect to gratitude. You can connect to God. Like whatever it is, connect to it. It can be, thank you so much, God, for helping me with this. Or I'm divinely held by God. Or... I am so grateful for dot, 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 whatever language you need to use, connect to something. Yeah. yeah. If it's your morning coffee, cause it makes you so damn happy. <laughs> thank you so much for giving me what I need in this moment. Mm-hmm. It can be that simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just the observe, take a breath and connect to something. And if you can start doing those three things, like physically do those three things, mm-hmm. you will see a crazy shift in how you show up every day. It's so simple. And I've worked um, with some bigger companies in San Diego and did like a five-day challenge afterwards to get them to tap into those things every day. And it's funny. They're like, it was just five minutes and I feel like I'm just so much happier. I was like, I know. Like, it's so so cool, but it makes you so happy. And the last piece, I would say like number four, because it's kind of my crux is like laughter and humor is so important. And Mm -hmm. a lot of these practices when we first start doing them feel like absurd. You're like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, I feel like I, you know, <laughs> if you grew up in a really strict um, household or you grew up in a really religious household that didn't allow the creative freedom with how you're in worship or connection or whatever, right. 
you can film nuts. Um, I grew up in a really tiny town in Southern Virginia. I was never exposed to any of this stuff. I remember when I went to my first yoga class in college and I was like, what in the hell is this? You're um, like, these people are crazy. <laughs> and I just think, you know, and now too, especially I say things to you like, and then the body speaks to me and I see that's what's right. bad. And like, <laughs> I still get caught up and I'm like, this is nuts. But damn, it's so cool. And how funny mm -hmm. is it that life gave me this opportunity and I'm yeah. so thankful. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people all the time, I was like, you can feel nuts when you first start doing this work, laugh at yourself and do it anyways. Yeah. It's good for you. Right. And yeah. find moments every day of levity. And for me, I watch stand up comedy and I like love being in a space of funny people. And I expose myself to those types of people. And it's just really important to me. Stupid memes on the internet, I think are oh my hilarious and I cackle yeah. with them. I don't think it's a waste of my time. Like, nope. it, like because it, it allows happy. you, yeah. And it allows you to sort of forget about things, even if it's for a brief moment and just kind of immerse yourself in like that, that meme or whatever it is, it like takes your mind off of it and kind of, I think for me helps to take a step outside of that circle or whatever space you were in and like, See it's a it disruptor. Outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a disruptor to make you find joy. And then when you pivot back to that problem, that's still right in front of you. It hasn't gone anywhere, but you can yeah. look at it with a different lens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what would you say in this line of work? Cause how long have you, you said you've been doing this for seven years. I've been studying the work for seven years. Okay. I went, um, and was started practicing on other people, uh, four years ago. And then I think that dates right time is strange. Yeah. Four, it's always yeah. longer. If I wouldn't look back, it's probably longer. Um, and then I was in the corporate world uh, for a very long time. And then I walked mm -hmm. away from that uh, a little over two years ago. Okay. And I've been doing this work full time since then. Um, yeah. And just seeing the need for it, you know, I was in a really high stress environment. Yeah. And um, I myself started having panic attacks. I started feeling really just overwhelmed, mm -hmm. um, uncomfortable. And I was like, something's got to give. Cause I was in a good, I, you don't get me wrong. I was in a good environment. I still, yeah. you know, respect, honor the place that I worked. It just wasn't for me anymore. Cause I wasn't going towards my joy. Right. Which right. is this work. Yeah. What you're passionate but it, about. But it, being on that type of schedule and traveling so much, it really ignited the need for energy work and meditation mm -hmm. and yoga. And so I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. So in within that, what would you say is sort of like the biggest thing you've learned in doing this work? And what's something that's really been like a blessing for you to have like found this like this passion and this craft of yours that you were like, I didn't know anything about when I was younger, but to like be in now and know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. I think the biggest impact on my life is how it's impacted my relationship with my family. Mm -hmm. You know, my childhood wasn't the easiest and, um, there are some really traumatic things that happened, which one of the reasons why I probably found this work in the first place, healing all of that. Right. Yeah. Traditional therapy is amazing. And I think along with traditional therapy, which I've utilized myself as well, getting into the physical body to really reprogram the thoughts and the process, like is such an integrative, important part of that healing process. Yeah. And I noticed that when I started healing my relationship to things that had come up in my life, it gave permission to my family to also start down the path. It oh, gave wow. permission for all of us to start talking about things more. And um, I'm a firm believer that you can shift and change the reality that you've been dealt if you're willing to look at it and you're willing to talk about it. Yeah. And so for me, that was a huge piece. And my overall well-being, you know, I don't, I have anxious feelings, but it doesn't take me under like it used to. Right. And I was on, I was on Xanax. I was doing all kinds. I had to like do so many things to self-medicate when I was going through, you know, really being in the depths of having anxiety and not taking great care of my body. And this shifted how I nourish myself. I eat what I'm supposed to be eating now because it just feels good and I can feel the vibration. And do I mess yeah. up from time to time? Yes. But now I have practices where I cleanse my body, right? right. Energetically and physically cleanse it. And it just has made me have a better relationship with my body, with my family, with myself, with others, feeling more connected to other people. And for that, I'm so thankful. So it's that connection yeah. piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, it's, it's interesting because I mean, I, I love that you kind of found this work because you were like, I need something in my life to shift. And, 
you know, you kind of found like what you were passionate about and something like, like this is a, like your craft, what you can do and bring and provide for others. But it's so like you decided to take care of yourself first and like you stumbled upon what you really wanted to do. And I just feel like it's so important for all of us to really take that time and like that step back and, and take care of us. Because I think kind of hearing what you're saying to throughout all of this and, you know, the intentions people can set, I think we can discover maybe more of like who we are, what we really want, what we want to do, how we want our lives to look. Because I think on the day to day, you know, we're all running around trying to accommodate everyone around us, whether it's at work, our families, our friends, whatever, but we're never really taking the time to discover what we want and what is good for us and for our bodies and our minds, our hearts, our souls, and really lean into that. So I think this is such a beautiful practice for people to start down on this path of even those four things that you gave us just to kind of shift our lives into really being like, this is self-care and this is really us just being able to survive, I think, as humans, as we continue, you know? Yeah. If we're, if we're not doing this work for ourselves, we can never do it for anybody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is your purpose to take incredible care of yourself. Yeah. It is your purpose to feel really, really amazing in your physical body. Mm -hmm. Don't be a martyr. Like that story's old. That's a victim yeah. story. You don't have to suffer to take care of other people. Like I get so tired of here. I'm like, no, stop. Like when you tap into joy, when you tap into feeling amazing and you walk into a room, people feel it and they're inspired and they're influenced. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's all you need to do. You don't have to say a word, right? Yeah. And yeah. if we all took personal responsibility to do that for ourselves, we could shift the energy of so many things. Mm-hmm. Right. Think about that. If there's all this hate in the world, there's all these things happening and every single person felt inspired to feeling their best selves. They're going to be making decisions with clarity. They're going to be making decisions with the whole of humanity at the top of yep. mind. It all starts with our own internal compass and how we're showing up in the world. It's not selfish. It's, yeah. it's like integral and it's important. And I'm not talking about distraction. You know, so many yeah. people I think are like, oh, I'm going to go do that. Nope. Don't distract <laughs> yourself. Create a practice that allows you to be in the world. Mm. create a practice that allows you to integrate in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, people try to close off and like think they have to be one way or the other. And it's like, you know, don't put yourself in a box, still enjoy the things you've always enjoyed, but have a different mindset and a different mentality around it. I still go right. out and have a few drinks. Like I still go do things that people are like, as a healer, you should not do that. I'm like, no, like I live my life in a way that is approachable. Yeah. That I still eat chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> of every allergy in the world, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like you, it's so fun to be in the space of being a human and enjoying all the things that are available to us as human beings. Right. It's the intention with what you're doing them. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So kind of in closing, uh, what would you say, I guess is one thing that you would love to leave people with? Um, I know we kind of talked about the four things that people can kind of practice, but mm -hmm. Maybe it's something for people to keep in mind or how to go about it or I don't know, just anything that you feel like you would be helpful for somebody that is like, maybe I do want to kind of dive into this and set an intention and a practice for myself. Yeah. I think the thing is that if you believe this work is for you and you believe that you can be impacted by it, you can. If you are in a state of not thinking that this work is for you, that you can't receive it, then you won't. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, and I always leave people with the, what if, what if just for today, I thought differently, or what if just in this mm -hmm. moment, I thought differently. And when we're breaking those habitual patterns and we're breaking these subconscious thoughts that like rule us, right. You feel it come up and you go, what if for just right now, I don't think that way. What if I thought this way? Mm -hmm. Just a disrupt, just disrupt it. Right. Yeah. You are like every single person listening to this and you are deserving of a really joyful, beautiful, peaceful life that is still going to have ups and downs. It is still going to have the highs and the lows, but you get to be able to ride those waves with like grace and calmness and certainty that it's all for the, that it's all for the greater good. If you yeah. choose to dive into these practices, if you choose to dive into softening around all these things, if you choose to look at your shit, right, and mm -hmm. get curious about what makes you operate, 
right. at the highest level. Yeah. So it's for everybody, right? Everybody can be it. You just have to take a moment and say, well, what if this could shift and change my life? And be what if it could totally it. change? Yeah, yeah. What if it could change how I show up in the world? Yeah. What shows up for me? Mm-hmm. For sure. So. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being here. I just of course feel like this is such important work and practice and intention to share with people. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do a session with me and um, just be open and willing to share the work that you do with people. Thank you so much. Who would have thought yeah. two gals who shared a bed in the cabin? <laughs> I <together>? know, right? <laughs> We'd get to this point. I love it. Exactly. Um, and so I always ask everyone a question at the very end. Since it's called the local table, I am kind of always interviewing people from, they might not always live in Los Angeles, but um, you live down in San Diego. And so I always Mm -hmm. love to ask, what's a favorite local place of yours that you love to go to, whether it's coffee shop, to get a drink, food, whatever it is, or maybe it's something fun to do. Oh, that's a big loaded question. Cause just like (laughs) LA, we have so much good food down here. It's like, oh, the best. You know, I'll give a shout out to, I live in Ocean Beach down in San Diego and we have this adorable, amazing restaurant called Bobo's in, oh. in my neck of the woods. And it's a uh-huh. little like French inspired bistro, but it's like low lights, great happy hour, you can get a really yummy meal and you just are in the coziest space and it makes me so happy to go in there. So I'll give them a shout oh, out. Yes. And then also in OB, we have some great little, we have a great little coffee shop called OB Beans that I love. I'm actually going okay. down there for a meeting after this. Um, and just a cute little coffee shop with great ceramic like pottery that you drink out of. And it makes me so happy. Oh, um, it's like ambiance and like the atmosphere mm-hmm. that you're in. I'm an aesthetic girl. I love pretty yeah. things, eclectic things. It makes me so happy. That's how you feel. I love yep. that. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. Of course. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for being here. And I'm so glad we got the chance to do this and talk and, and share this with others. Absolutely. Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's today's episode of The Local Table. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm truly grateful that you're tuning in. About a year ago, this was just a dream of mine. And now it's so exciting to be here interviewing other people, sharing their stories, and just delivering really great content. I hope you walk away feeling inspired or maybe you gained a new perspective or you learned a thing or two. It would honestly mean the world to me if you would be so kind and leave us a positive review if you enjoyed today's show. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, and we'll see you next time on The Local Table.